Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 206 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, a big shout out to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. And if you like what you hear and think you could support us in some way, then go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box which will direct you to our Patreon page. And for as little as £3 a month, which is pretty much the price of a cup of coffee, you could help us grow. And 100% of that goes back into this podcast. For the last couple of years throughout the summer, we've interviewed the artists who are taking part in the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week. Well, they've got an open call for artists to take part in their public art trail. And the deadline for that open call is the 30th of January. So if you want to find out more information, go over to their Instagram profile, which is KCAW London, or over on their website, which is kcaw.co.uk. And remember, that closes on the 30th of January. But back to this week's episode. Today, I'm taking you to meet Tanya Ling. This is another one of those recordings that's been in the pipeline for oh so long. We did do a bonus episode with Tanya some time ago when she was an artist in residence at a school which was in Southwark, if I remember rightly. Well, several weeks ago, I met up with Tanya to record this episode and she did have some builders finishing something off and um, they do make themselves known a couple of times during this episode. Tanya's had an amazing career and it's astonishing to know that her journey as a full-time artist has only been over the last five years. While Tanya creates the artwork, her husband, William, well, I suppose he more takes care of the business side, the bit that gets in the way of any creative, you know, perfect situation. 
And I've got to say, before this episode, I did have quite a long chat with Will. And for some time, poor old Tanya was sat there twiddling her thumbs while Will and I had a little trip down memory lane. But anyway, that's for another day. Let's talk about the here and now. Please, come and join me as I spoke to the inspirational Tanya Ling. Oh, you're probably like that. That's Michael Landy. I saw that when I yeah, came in. Yeah, I was going to say, that's... And then that's Georgie, you know, Gary's wife. I think we've got some Gary somewhere, upstairs maybe. I had Gary up. sent yeah. one in to me when I was in jail. Oh, he's um, so kind. He Gary. had... He's so, it was a bit got of a, such a big heart, Gary. Yeah. bit of A4 drawing paper. Oh. And he'd said something in one of the letters about it was... Uh, do you remember you used to do those lemon or potato drawings you put it on there yeah. and then when you put it under you can't see anything you put it under the grill yeah and then it comes yeah comes to light yes and he said he'd done a um, an, an artwork made out of lemon juice or lime juice yeah. or something like that so i'd got it and then i put it under the grill while i was in there yeah and then this image of i think it was like lemons come through yeah so yeah i've got a gary hume or yeah. i had a gary hume hanging in my prison cell you know That's that's so cool. Yeah, and it and it good story. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Well, Tanya, I have seven questions that I ask each artist. Guys, how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? I would say that I would almost be if you can think of like cooking, um, and some people maybe in the West would follow recipe books. Yeah and know why, where their destination is and it would all be quite prescriptive they'd have to get the right ingredients and then like method um in- ingredients method and you know all the, the yeah. timing of it all um i would say my don't do that i would i i would be more like i guess i think what happens in the east Go where on. it's more you get the dough and you chuck some water and salt at it and then it's more and you just fiddle about with it. it's more sensual and you just know that that feels right to stick in the oven at that point so the artwork that you create is very loose very linear have you any idea what you're going to create before you start creating no perfect i don't um but i know that Obviously, that I, there's either a canvas in front of me or something three-dimensional that I want to happen, or a, or a piece of paper. So I know that I've, I'm in the constraints of a day and a time, and uh, at the end of the day, something's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So do you? What what does turn up on the canvas? Is it emotionally led? Is it how you're feeling at the time? The colours you use. Yeah, it's, it's uh, partly emotional and partly a reaction to the diary of the day, of what's yeah. happening. And then I can, uh, yeah, some things are emotion, other things are quite, um, um, because of like move, yeah, movement, colour, uh, a conversation I've had. Sometimes I'm not working alone. Um, you know, for a few months I was working in California outside, so there was all literally that to deal with. Yeah. And then people would, that I was working with lots of horses and horse people, so 
they would sometimes just come and hang out with me. So it was all in reaction to that 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 halts and everything. But also, um, yes, yeah, sometimes I'd be starting and stopping and thinking that I'm going to do that over there, but suddenly I get hungry and then have to go away and then come back again and then that doesn't exist what I thought was going to exist. So do you take a colour palette with you? Do you know what you what at least what colour range you're going to be using that day? No, because I'll have a whole I'll have everything there always. Brilliant. So if you're doing a series of seven, number one could be very different from number two. Yeah, but sometimes I could be working on like seven to seven images at the same time yeah i mean visually for someone that may not have seen your work who's listening at the moment how would you describe what it is they could be looking at in some ways i at that point tell them it's would i think it's their business it's like a handover mm. it's almost like i'm the opposite of a collector who or I don't want to control things. I'm not, I don't want to be controlling what happens next because I like to be surprised. I like to do these things and wonder who these speak to yeah. and who's going to respond to them or not. Um, so it's, yeah, I, it's very much a handover. I, when I'm working, I'll keep working. But I mean, I know that I'm, believing in what I'm doing. I almost see it as a as a condition. Yeah. And so and I feel very grateful that I'm enabled to do this. Brilliant. And so when I'm working, uh, there'll be the satisfaction knowing that this it's almost like it's already there. It's almost like I'm somebody who just goes to unveil or unravel something that's already there you know like Columbus yeah, yeah, yeah. went to America but it was already there anyway but yeah. he got to sail in the boat and have some fun and take his team and his you know dogs with him and stuff and get to America sometimes the, the work when you when you look at it sometimes it's linear or it, it's very linear but it's it's very loose sometimes it looks like leaves that yeah it could be a plant it could be it, it looked like a I described it and I, I did write this down one of the few things I've written down that some bits of your work looks like you're in front of a forest of kelp that's just floating and moving around in in the ocean yeah because I think something definitely happens to with um, perspective and dimension and they're um, they almost look I see what you mean like when you go it's almost like you can go right into them climb your way through yes. them yeah. yeah and it's funny you say that because when I work I don't feel that's like size or matters as it it's like because I'm right I can be right up in it yeah I don't have to keep standing away yeah there's def a definitely so it's almost like I'm tunneling yeah. away or like a little squirrel yeah. just squirreling away at something and then Is it, if but, you was telling me that your work was a continuous line I could see that as well. So it's, yeah, so you're saying that in a way my work is one work. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an onward, it keeps going. So it's, um, yeah, like if the bio tapestry just went on and on yeah, and on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is, there is a, yeah, they, but, but they do seem to be 
there is a uniqueness by each one in that I guess space and time and in a way each one is like a, I would say like when a writer uh, just does a diary yeah there is a bit of that going on definitely. as well so it's you can only always be you yeah but there is definitely different scenes going on how did your art journey start was there um, creativity in the home well, I'm an only child. I was born in India, Calcutta. My parents came over here when I was three months old. Oh, wow, okay. And um, all kids draw. And because I was an only child, I guess, and my parents are very excited about being immigrants here, coming yeah, over yeah. here. Um, um, they really like, yeah, my, they, they love cricket and you know pg woodhouse and anything what they they, rem yeah, they romanticized yeah, yeah. Yeah. england to be in you know a certain place and then when they trapped in the 30s yeah yes yeah and this was like in the sort of this was in the mid to late 60s yeah so every weekend we would always be going everywhere even uh, and my father was a university lecturer so we had loads of holidays and time and, and they were just completely excited so that we'd be going everywhere imaginable I'll probably be more to more places in the British Isles than you have because yeah, yeah. they were everything they just was wanted like, to yes. yeah, lap it all oh like yeah, sponge, yeah 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 just thought everything about yeah. England was absolutely amazing so therefore I was traveling a lot so therefore one handy thing was this piece of paper everything else is changing except for this but, but I could control these little sketch pads so I could put my world yeah. into these works and then um, yeah because that that was my stability that was my home really because we did move around a lot as well because I so even now I like moving and go chopping and changing and going to loads of studios and just working here and working there even different yeah. climates countries indoor outdoor and I'm thinking, actually, I've just realised that when I do all of that, I'm actually just at home. And then my grandparents and my parents took me to Paris. They said, you've got to come and see the most important painting in the world or the best <laughs> painting in the world. Yeah. So it was quite sweet, really. So we all went this little, you know, my mother and my grandmother all wearing their saris and, you know, with, with our packed, um, like chapati lunches and then we thought we're going to keep doing that and then have all French food and then we went to the Louvre as soon as we got there and we queued up to see the Mona Lisa and my father put me on his shoulders and he said is that the best painting in the world and I just looked at it and I thought yes yeah. <laughs> I was just completely <laughs> taken taken in it so, back to like that. Yeah, so it was so like yeah, it was so like innocent and in, you know, everything was so enthusiastic. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was that was it really. But then as I got older and and I decided I wanted to go to art school and I was doing art. I mean, I think probably um, people like Merritt Oppenheim, you know, the fur yeah, cup yeah, and yeah, saucer, yeah. I think probably blew my mind. That's been mentioned on here a few times, you know. That, oh, has that it? Yeah. Really, it really was. Yeah. I remember doing seeing a slideshow, and then I thought, oh, that was like a eureka moment. That art is really, really personal to. It's yeah. It's a it, you, you. Yeah, it's a it's a you. It's your unique voice. Yeah. Is that the first 
artwork that really rung clear for you. Yes, it was literally. Yes, it was completely. You know, as a young adult, well, I was only what fifteen, sixteen, maybe a bit younger at the time, but it's like what we, what I was just saying a few minutes ago about you do what you do and you wonder who it's going to speak to, and you were spoken to, but. It's more like someone sent an electric shock up. Definitely, definitely. And speaking of that, we should mention, if anyone can hear the noise in the background, there's a bit of building work going on at the moment. Not that that's going to bother anyone's listening, by the way, I should add. Um, but yeah, when a work connects with you like that, it just puts you on a whole new path, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, I mean, there's a number of reasons why it happens, and some of the but so much is like timing. Maybe you are ready for something, or it's it's like you have that in you, you have that peace in you. Yeah. Well, I was willing to open myself up yeah. to that artwork. I was yeah. willing to understand it. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been willing before. I wouldn't have given it the time. I wouldn't have gone back and read it. And then you couldn't laugh, then exactly. you were just laughing it all up. Literally. Yeah, but because I'd fallen for the art world and wanted yeah. to be a part of it, I knew that this conceptual art that I had no respect for, I knew that that was a part of the art world and knew that I should at least have some understanding, even if I didn't want to have any respect for it. But then did that make you dismissive of things that you traditionally thought were no. arts no. works? Not really what is behind the artwork, the reason it's there. Yeah. But that's all for me now, because I've seen how much art changed me. Yeah. And that's, and yeah. it's the same with people. Yeah. It's, it's in, my, in my eyes, that you might see someone that you think, oh, I don't like them, or, you know, I don't like what they yeah, say. Yeah, you're completely, yeah, yeah, everything. Because we're just having a little snapshot and there's nothing about that person, that artwork, yeah. that whatever. And then when you give something just a little bit of time and understanding, it can change your view. So it's quite funny, isn't it? Because it's like, you're, therefore, you're not judging the book by the cover. And yes, yet it's art. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously a lot of it's visual. And when you saw that cup, did that make you want to go in that direction of creating work? Or stay on the traditional contemporary um, route? I just thought it was a huge like amount of energy and it was like opened up this whole other universe and then that in that universe there was this personal like energy where I knew that it could go in all these different directions and there was this like freedom to relax in there yeah, yeah for me it sounds like it was similar to you it showed me that the, the art world was wide not as narrow as I thought it was. Yeah, and also um, this then that opened up going to see lots of like galleries, like like the Haywood Gallery, and I mean uh, any like contemporary work that was on show anywhere. Literally, I had this appetite to go um, and learn and see and just take in. I, yeah. I guess so. I think the first time I went to the Hayward Gallery, there was, you know, everything was um, accepted. I wasn't questioning 
or negative about yeah, yeah. anything. It was almost like this respect that somebody else had what you know got their act together to to bother to do this what were they saying and it was yeah i i you know there was no kind of question about oh but is this art um it was it was almost like the opposite really yeah it was maybe that's because i was walking into an in institution and all the graphics and the catalogues and all the paraphernalia around it. Do you think Maybe that, that was all do you think that telling me that that's art. Uh, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It's already been okay yeah. for you yes. to, to say it, it is an artwork. It's been verified. Yes, but there's something about when you do go to a museum and see art that it's different to when you go to a shop to buy clothing or some shoes or something because everything's already there. It's already been designed and it's it's there's a completeness yeah. about that's yeah. the function of it but with art yes it's art and it's there in that it's in that museum it's in that gallery in that space but there is something more to it that you can uh, use and make something of and become somebody else with or become more of yourself with with the help of that They've, I mean we've got a a very modern example of that in this room in Gavin Turk's sign there. Yeah. In his, his blue plaque. That, I mean, that was a, a, a point of conversation at the start of his career. And, you know, I mean, he, he got kicked out of, of the art school for, for showing it. And it's one of the most loved artworks for me, at least. It just sums up everything about Gavin. Yet the people at the art school where he showed it had no respect for that artwork, did they at the time? Yes, and 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 I guess that made it even more so. Yeah. The you know the establishment um, ignoring it or disliking it, and actually yeah, and the 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 piece itself is a heritage plaque, which is. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure that each and every one They're of them so have themselves since beautiful. But it's a, it's a great story. Beautiful, yeah, perfect. What a way to start your career? Yeah, it was so handsome. And when did you realise that you wanted to be an artist? Can you remember? Well, actually, being this little kid and always like drawing, like like I said, like a condition and moving about. It was almost like this comfort, it was this friend, it was this my own little principality. That never really stopped. But then what happened is that I was starting to draw people a lot and the people had to be clothed. And then when, uh, I don't think I was that, that, that great at doing any, many other things, but you know, really art was the obvious one. And I just think my parents just thought, that they didn't really understand that you could have an art yeah, career because yeah. they were, they thought they were very academic and they thought you know I should go to university and you know do a, an academic subject but I wasn't very academic and I thought I and I, you know I said I'd love to go to art school but they always loved my art and really were like yeah. excited by it but we didn't you know we didn't really understand how to, to do things practically so that, but then it's so. My father, in fact, he worked out that if you want to go to art school, this uh, you should go to St. Martin's because we, we kind of 
I, I, yeah, there was a point when I was very young, I did like style and drawing clothes. And so therefore, like, it, that's how fashion came about. So I was only about 12 or 13. And then my dad said, I found out this article. <laughs> it's not, it was all like, Brilliant. you know, um, yeah, it's not like I was this lone ranger yeah. who was striking out against the world at all. It was, it seemed to be that, you know, our little darling is great at art and now maybe she should do, do design. So um, she does do all these clothes and like style a lot. So, uh, so yeah. So did you feel that you was given away a little bit by going into fashion because um, you wanted to be an artist or did you decide that that was the career that you'd fancied doing anyway once yeah, cause anything, your father had said that? Yeah, I, I did think that... Um, that design and drawing clothes uh, was it was really satisfying me creatively um, so, and then when I got into the art school it was and a lot of being at St Martin's was about just being yourself and being allowed to 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 work yourself out um, I think that's what happens in loads of art schools yeah. but but the fact that I, that it was it was really important to express your ideas and designs and drawings and sketchbooks and we did a lot of life drawing so I loved all that um so I was like always filling up sketchbooks yeah, and always yeah. like pouring all the ideas into them but practically I was just you know not great at all and then that's what and then I met William and I got married and I was still at art school and in my final year I had Vipasha, our eldest daughter. But it wasn't until quite a lot later on um, when I unexpectedly started to work as a commercial artist, a fashion illustrator. And I did that for about 20 years and I kind of did everything that one could do with that. And it yeah. was great because it was a great way to make a living while... I was bringing, bringing three children up. Like you've seen literally in the back of the garden. The was it in this house you brought them up? Yes, Brilliant. yes. Brilliant. So therefore that studio place that you yeah. see at the back, that literally had to be built for me in about 202. <laughs> Otherwise everything was, yeah, yeah. you know, everywhere. And But I think I kind of thought, I was always thankful for doing it, for having all that work and... But uh, there was a point when I thought there's so much more going on and I've, ex I've just done everything I can imagine do here and it's not, there's something in the, like, like a hole that needed yeah. to be filled really. And then it wasn't till about 2012, 13, I thought I have to literally break for the border, almost like decide to retire yeah, yeah. from that to, to start doing something that has got nothing to do with fashion directors, creative directors, art directors, nothing to do with the team, but just being by myself um, and trying to work this out. And it, was that just 10 years ago? Yes, yeah. I didn't realise it was that. Yes, yeah, soon, yeah, it wasn't wow. long, yes. Yeah, so. You was quite a significant cog in a very big machine. How did you feel as a person walking away from that and you being the cog and the machine. Yeah, well, that's 
really interesting because actually, uh, Gary, it took me from really being convicted that I wanted to work, make work just for the existence of the work itself without any other yeah. reason to actually being able to do that full time. That took from about 2012 to 2017, end of 2017. Because as work came in that was commercial work, I did take it on because... You know, because I it pays the yeah. bills. You know, you know, I, I did, and and I did love some of those projects still. I mean, I wasn't like disrespectful, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I but I had to. I guess a bit like a mercenary. Yes, mm. I, I took them on. I took it on, but it wasn't until the end of twenty seventeen that I think. Oh no, no, I fully have retired from this. I am an artist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, no, I can. You know, yeah, take. And then, I mean, so you only had, if, if, if that was up to 2017, it was only sort of like two and a half years past that when COVID hit. Yeah. And then what was you doing during COVID? Yeah, I mean, to, yeah, the whole COVID thing, I just thought was, was really quite amazing. I loved it all. In, was it I mean, just the time that you had to create? Well, yeah, I mean, it was... Freedom. Yeah, it was just this, um, there's a number of things. That first edition when everything stopped, I mean, yeah, I just found that really intriguing. Like, is this really happening? And um, then I just took up, we, I was just in the back room there and with my youngest daughter, Evangeline, and I just decided to order some very small uh, linen panels and proceeded to make all these oil paintings because she started to do oil paintings because she was... She assists this uh, uh, a great artist called Alistair McKinvin, who's also an art tutor at the Slade, and he's now okay. in Vienna. And she ha uh, was fortunate enough to assist him. So she was learning all about oil painting, and she was saying, giving me lectures about it. And so we decided. <laughs> so, so it was very recent. It was only like, yeah. I mean, I think whenever it was in that lockdown period. Yeah. I actually I did do some oil paintings before then, but yeah. So she was, we were in that little room behind you with these little things, paint uh, like little panels, and that's when I started to like really make these very intricate, intense works. Uh, and then we were listening to um, Odysseus. We even listened to the two hundred page introduction. <laughs> I mean, I was so it was, but then and then I went from that to then because of COVID, getting this huge space in uh, Covent Garden, which was like a little mini department store. I saw that. So yeah, that's. Uh, but before then, in like twenty eighteen and twenty seventeen, I did all also get these like phenomenal spaces really, mm. where I was able to make giant horses and huge installations and then make more line paintings and kind of yeah and sculptures um and just keep working away yeah. and to keep finding things that one in Covent Garden you was on that was a strange space to be showing in wasn't it because it was am I right saying that the work was just hanging it wasn't on a wall was it um no yeah it was on the wall but I know what you mean it's a bit like going into like a 
Venetian palazzo. Yeah. There's like um, it's like a big space that's got loads of like uh, uh, it's got three or four le- three levels. It was so the levels are like corridors. Yeah. yeah. So, but then actually on the corridor walls on each floor, my work. That's where I was working. I think most people probably would have found that place quite eerie because it was like really like nobody was around in the West End and it was this quite a big place and space to be all by yourself. Yeah. Um, and there was one occasion when someone did try and break in and but <laughs> there was a there was a when it was a department store you were to, there was a there's a there was a a, a mess uh, yeah a notice to say look if a terrorist or someone comes in you got to get try and run out the building if you can't run out the building hide and make sure your phone is switched off and the and the and it's wow. not even vibrating yeah. so i thought yeah that's really helpful for me <laughs> that doesn't really put your mind at no. ease, does it but, but when someone did try and break in i they um i was literally coming down the stairs so they would I, there was nowhere for me to go yeah. but then they didn't get in so it was fine brilliant how much work do you produce now well, at the moment, yeah. I'm not doing anything because I've just literally come in for landing, <laughs> preparing for takeoff again. <laughs> it's just that I was talking to a yeah. gallerist a few yeah. months ago, probably about a year ago now, and he runs a small high street yeah. gallery. The other part of his job is selling artworks, and he mentioned you. I was, I was saying, like, you know, what artworks sell well in the shop, what ones yeah. sell well in the market, as it were. And he mentioned you. He went, as soon as you get a Tanya Ling, they're out, they've gone straight away. And, um, yeah, he said, oh, I could sell them all day long. And I thought that was quite a, a nice thing for an art... Well, it's... I mean, it's going, be an art dealer and stuff. Well, it's going thing. back to what you... What we were... What I keep going on about, about you make... I believe that I'm doing what I... That I'm, I'm being like completely sincere that I've got to do this and I'm kind of putting my heart on my sleeve with this, with these works. And then there's a point when I'm ready, if you like, to share them, to show them. But, um, and you just don't know who they are. Who? Yeah. Who, but I like, I like the idea that you're not going to just make yourself a machine. Like we're sitting yeah. in front of Damien yeah. Hurst spots. Yeah. Well, we've seen just in the, in the last few days. You was there yeah. yourself, wasn't you? When, yes. When he, yeah, was, yeah. when he was burning the works, Damien will just sell as he can flood the market and and flood it. You know. Yeah, I. And it feels like going by what that guy said, you could easily do that, but you don't want to because you're just trusting the process rather than going for the commercial side. Would that be right, or would that be? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm just only little me. That's what and I'm I've. <laughs> and oh, I'd love to tell yeah. you, it's nothing to do with me. Yeah. But I'd love to say, don't change that. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'm a, like, yeah, I can. I'm. I have my limitations, and I um, can. Yeah, I just will keep making this work, but then. Uh, yeah, there's... 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you make prints of your work? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have got, I have got prints. Do you know um, Mark Jenkins? No. Chip. Um, what's he called his company? K2 Screen, okay. I think they're oh, called. Sorry. He's a lovely guy. Um, in fact, you should meet him. Um really really he's he he's been doing like prints exceptional prints with artists for for decades now and yeah i have produced a few prints with him he's just very 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 lovely team of people to work with yeah. and um it's when i do work really closely with william so we do sort of plan things together yeah. like we obviously plan to make a print and then um I think, yeah, so... I mean, the favourite one I've seen of yours is the one I saw today that yeah, it's on your wall in front of me. Just painted on your wall. Beautiful. The way it's wrapping around the room. Yeah, I'm so glad that you... Um, it's almost like a bit like a... It's gone a bit like, um, you know, a, a, a mark on a bank note now, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, very much. It's a, I, I described it as a ghost when I saw it. Yeah, yes. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so funny how that... Yeah, because I just take it so for granted and matter of fact, but as it has faded, in a way, it's it's kind of getting. Uh, yeah, it's gone. It's it's become something else. Definitely. Maybe that I haven't that that you've walked into that I didn't see before. Well, when something's in your eye line every day, all day, you yeah. don't see or appreciate it anymore, do you? Until it gets highlighted, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like what you've, I like, I've got, I would love to, I have got this studio space in, and uh, southwest France near Toulouse, and we're having some work done to this barn, standalone barn. So, I'd love to be making work in there, nice. at some point, uh, like next year, but I, I do love the thought of like being like this nomad yeah like i recently went to to vienna and i thought oh wouldn't it be great to work there for a while and it's quite a change from california from being outside and i love the the whole californian and can you feel visually does your work change yes yeah yeah Yeah, that's it that i mean that's as simplistic as yes and it's that you it, just absorbing it, your surroundings. Yeah, I can only ever always be me. Yeah. And in a way, I'm a bit always like that Love immigrant with, that my parents were coming here and 
seeing everything that's going off and kicking yeah. off and thinking, this is phenomenal. It's like you're forever walking around sitting yeah. on your dad's shoulders. Yeah. Yes. That's the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's very simplistic yeah. and I'll be like, the fact that I'm like travelling around and I, but I'm still able to, to make this work and then knowing that because I'm in this unique space now, what on earth is going to happen? Yeah, which is if you're the little drawing pad that you travelled around with as a child, it's just now so it happens to be canvas. Rather yes. Than a, yeah. And it rather could, than a little notepad. But I would do. But it could be anything. I mean, I would. I do like taking photos. I mean, and I'm always like. I'm a bit like. Um, it's like when William and some other like artist friends go to exhibitions and gallery galleries. They'll take things in really respectfully and slowly. They've got their style of doing it. I'm sure you have. Yeah. But I am more like this like whale. But has its mouth open. Yeah. Gonna, I'll just literally be like this wave that goes in with my mouth open, yeah. and I will, and it's not like I, it's not like I haven't taken anything in, that I haven't taken anything in. Yeah. It's like I can, I'll just, I will take it all in. Just like your parents when they come to England, yeah. they're just absorbed with everything, everything that they see there. Yeah, because they never ever saw themselves as like like victims or like oppressed in any way they were like choosing to come here as a as a fun thing to do yeah so i guess yeah we I mean, wouldn't it be great if everyone in every country had that attitude just loving everything that's around them yeah well you're just sort of accepting like yeah. even when someone behaves a bit peculiarly or like rude or like has got a completely different like view to you it's like everything is like oh wow that's really interesting you know? when I come out of prison yeah um, yeah when I when I was deprived from freedom and I got my freedom the the raindrops I love the rain oh, the, the sunshine so you know the, yeah. the, the cold dark days yeah you know looking up at the sky you just appreciate everything you know looking I remember looking up at the stars for the first being able to look above me like that which I before I was only able to look out of a window, wow. across b between the fence and the and the and, and the, the top of the wall, you know, um, but being able to look up at the stars and seeing, you know, when the raindrops are falling down, you yeah. can see them getting bigger and bigger, yeah. can't you? As they're coming towards you, just not appreciating they're any like of that. They're racing each other. Yeah, and just hitting you in the face. Wow. I, I haven't been out in the rain for for six or seven years. So even the air, even Everything. breathing in yeah. cold air and like seeing I mean, your I, breath. We was allowed to go out on exercise, yeah. so you'd walk around in that circle, yeah. even if it was around a big field or what have you. But we was never allowed out in the fog, we was never allowed out in the rain. And when I went out afterwards and it was cloudy or raining, like some demented idiot, I'd be saying, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? The film when he gets out at the end and he's holding his arms open in the pissing down the rain. That was me just Incredible. wanting to get wet. Yeah. And, you know, everyone else was like running into shop doorways and I'm standing there sort of like rejoicing like some sort of lunatic in the oh, rain. That's you know? beautiful. But yeah, just ab absorbing your Yeah, because it's like so, um, it's just so brilliant to hear your story, Gary. I mean, it's. Well, you've heard a lot yeah. of it today. <laughs> what piece that you've created, Tanya, do you think has got the strongest emotional connection? I would say my sculptures. Nice. Which 
haven't really, you know, kicked off yet. Describe them. I've not seen the sketches. Yeah, because they are all about the moment and the guts of the moment. They're all about everything, uh, every movement that I place. It's like every mark that I make on paper or canvas. That there is, it's uh, there's this um, absoluteness about it. There's confidence. There's this uh, assurance that this is where I am in this moment, making this and being part of it. And I guess that's exactly the same when I make sculptures. But when there's sculptures, it's uh, you know, you are kind of dealing with like gravity more. What material do you use? Oh, just anything. Absolutely nice. anything, yeah. Anything. So it's almost like, like... Wood, clay? Yeah, all of it. Um, but it, it, it is almost like a smash and grab. That's, that's what they... <laughs> and, and there is... Yeah, Brilliant. they literally are. I mean, I, they are. And there is this kind of... Like, they're like... There's a huge... Like humor, but also there's like they're like, but so sorrow. So I think a lot of my works would be like flag flying and drowning, at the because yeah, yeah, you yeah. know in a day that can happen to you, yeah. couldn't it? You like you're flying and drowning and yeah, so well, and then sometimes you're stable. Flying, yeah. yeah, I was just yeah. imagining the the flag just wilting on a on a non windy day. Yeah, and then suddenly it could just yeah. have lift off. So then I could do all that in a painting, and, I, and the same happens in a sculpture. But I guess because it's literally uh, three dimensional. And what size are they? Um, well, the biggest ones so far must be about your size. Wow. And the smallest and what ones probably about the size of this glass. Nice. So that's still. Um, Where was that? Was that in France? Um, yeah, I've made sculptures down there. In fact, in fact. The first lot of sculptures I made were in 2014. I didn't make many of them and I showed them alongside my line paintings in, um, you know, Alex Eagle, before she had her first shop, she actually gave, she let me use her space oh, wow. as a studio. Nice. And that's where I made my first sculptures, actually, in that space. Oh, wow. Actually, no, I did a bit in Richmond as well, but the, no, that they were more like installations, I guess. But these were like full-bodied little pieces. What was in um, Richmond? Was that a studio space? Yes, yeah. That's where I used, that was where I finished off my sentence in Richmond. Was oh. there a prison there? No, I had no idea. Yeah, do you know at Ham Common? Yes. So it's at the bottom of Peacham Hill. Yeah. You've got the common there on the right, and then there's Church Lane, which heads down into all just one of the gates into the park. Oh, right. Down Church Lane, yeah. there was a prison. I had no idea. So yeah. that's where you were living for a while? That's where I finished off my sentence. That's where I was allowed to go out. Yeah. That's where I started university from there. So that's when you were at art school? You did your... I started university there, and I'd done college at the prison before in Aylesbury. Okay. So what year was that? Which... 2001. Middle of September, I started university, and I think it was the 2nd or 3rd of October I was released. So then you had this period of when... I presume that you did you did your um, GM... BQ. in when you were in prison. I done, and then you went to uni when you left. Yeah, I'd, so I'd, I'd done two GMBQs yeah. in prison. Yeah. 
finished off in Aylesbury, which was an open prison. Finished off my GMVQ there. Yeah. Then I went to the prison, which was called Latchmere House um, in Richmond. I went there. We had to do a few weeks of, sort of work in the prison and a bit of community work. Started going to work uh, on building sites. And then, as I say, at the end of um, middle of September, they allowed me to stop work and go to university from there. So, yeah, you know, I don't want to make myself sound like some sort of victim here, but it was really difficult for me mm. to come out of this really macho testosterone-filled environment. Yeah. yeah. Then going to a uni that is really liberal, friendly. It was a bit of a head fuck, Tanya. To tell yeah. you the truth. And then, worst of all, just I'm getting used to it. Yeah. Just so I'm getting used to it at uni, I've got to go back to bloody prison again and put on that macho yeah, face got, again. You yeah, know? you have to put your shield up, yeah, I guess. It was again. a real... Gosh, luckily, it was only yeah. for a couple of three weeks, but that was a real yeah. challenge, to be honest. So you were then being rehabilitated to help you to get back mm. into normal yeah. civilian life? Yeah, that's what life. the open prisons are for. Okay. And I was in two of them. So it's just right to... at those end stages. Yeah. So... But yeah, that was, that was a bit of bit of hard work. The hardest thing being around bloody women again. Because that was difficult because Yeah, because you weren't used to and, and interacting the, no, it, yeah. and the culture between men and women had yeah. changed because I'd changed. Yeah. Before the culture that I was in, it was the girls would go out in their group, the guys would go out in their group and then possibly you'd meet up at the end of the night. Mine was all very much bloke culture when yeah, I was gosh, away. That's so like Acutely so. I mean, and then, but I'd changed as a person, and I didn't want to be that bloke, yeah. that sort of. I didn't want to be that person anymore. I wanted to be the more liberal, friendly. A friend is a friend, no matter whether it's male or female. Yeah. But I, I, as much as I wanted it, I'd never lived it. I'd never had it until I went to university. I mean, I had loads of female friends. Don't yes, but I, know, I know what. But it was I, yeah. a completely different culture yeah. to to what it is. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of, you couldn't get more... Yeah, it was just a... It was an explosion of culture that I'd not really been a part of. You know, but for my own ignorance. Yeah. I mean, there is, like, a similarity between us, because I think, in a way, we've been both been able to it. break for the border. Yeah. And you were not taking it for granted, the opportunity that, that we now have. Mm. We've got this inside us, this like making arts in whatever, you know, is our shape or form. And yeah, it's not like I'm being able to take it for granted. And maybe it's taken, maybe it's taken me a while to realise this is who I am all along. Yeah. But I kind of think it was there always, but you can only ever be you, but then life happens to you, but then... Um, all these elements they don't they don't go away I think they probably get in sometimes yeah you, you, well, my, you get enriched by being taken away maybe there's a reason for everything and it's I don't think things are a, a waste necessarily because well I definitely wouldn't have been an artist yeah. if I didn't go out of prison that's for sure that's so interesting you well, definitely think you wouldn't have been an artist oh no, yeah. no I'd never been into a gallery I had no interest in art that's fascinating mm -hmm. so I've never looked at yeah. a painting Dali and Picasso is the yeah. only names that I knew of well you were so busy doing all these other things <laughs> yeah I know 
So we've, we've got a lot of artwork just in the room that we're, we're sitting in at the moment. And one of my questions is, Tanya, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Right. I would say uh, definitely uh, that Merit Oppenheim. Delacroix. Maybe Anne Imhoff. Okay, that sprang me that one. I don't know that name. Um, what they make? Well, she is German and she makes these films that are all quite noisy. <laughs> and I think she has a partner called Eliza Douglas. Okay. I quite like her paintings as well that are very. Uh, like a piece of silk, like of a, like a Disney Mickey Mouse or something, and it's just been like swirled around a bit. Oh, I know those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I kind really. of like their kind of. Well, they come as one, is there? Yeah, a, they're, they're almost a bit sort of like a style, fashiony yeah. thing, you know, uh, like Balenciaga. Maybe that's it's like a trend thing, but there is something about it that is quite and. Probably my daughters, Evangeline and Natasha. Nice. And what are they creating at the moment? Well, Evangeline uh, is... She paints people and situations and, like, that have these huge, like, personalities and presence. And there's yeah. a kind of, like, something very gusto and... Uh, like thunderbolt about them, yeah. kind of like a huge sense of humor. They're like, like, like they're literally, literally hilarious, but really, but also a bit boundary crossing. In, yeah, in nice. like, oh no, kind of like, is that? Is she yeah. looking to be an artist now? Yes, yeah, yeah. So she's, she's. Uh, she, sorry, is she an artist? Now? Yes, yes, she is, and she's she's also in a band called Audiobooks. Okay. And then Bip. She's known as Bip, yeah, Bip, yeah, yeah. She's just been like this huge, like energy bubble of creativity, like since she's been a she's teenager. like a she's like a bouncing ball, isn't she? Yeah, she's I mean, she was the original, uh, yeah. you know, original blogger. Um, um, I was in the um, yeah, that's I was in right. The show with her yes, at Fulham Town, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and she my definitely made there. her mark there, didn't yeah. she? Brilliant. Yeah. So, and if you wasn't an artist, Tanya, what do you think you'd like to be? Um, yeah, quite a few things that are really like like maybe a like a doctor or a lawyer or Is that what your parents would have wanted you to be? Well no, I think they sort of I've been yeah, they probably I'm well aware that an yeah, Indian family yes, would exactly, want, yeah. would um, want that. Or a diplomat or something. Yeah, something that isn't anything to do you've been with a art. Diplomat of sorts in your time, anyway, haven't you? Uh, gosh, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, something to do that isn't. Yeah, I would have liked to have done something that's just not art at all. Yeah. Maybe like a macroeconomist. Uh, or, oh well. Yeah, that's that's my my father. He does that, and um, yeah, maybe working in uh, a bank. Brilliant. Something that's just not anything to do with yeah. art. I mean, I've always been intrigued by, like, I, I like sort of looking at people that don't look like they are really thinking much about their attire. 
Yeah. I find that very attractive. Or you see some people just like dressed like they're just having to dress because they're alive today. Yeah. I would I just think that would be quite something to be like that. Brilliant. And is that yeah. because your life isn't like that? Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe because I've been immersed in, in you know with people and in, in, in yeah, in work environment yeah. that is about that. Maybe um and finding like like a non aesthetic really like quite stunning. Yeah. And what have you got coming up? Have you got anything coming up at the moment? Um, well, I've got something. I've got two things on at the moment. Uh, I've got my show finishing in Los Angeles at the end of this month. I'm in a show at the moment in Paris, and then I'm next year. This time, I've got a show in New York. Oh, nice! In, in two of uh, Harper's spaces. He's wow. really big space, and then his like smaller gallery space. Superb. And just to finish on. You've got a book. Oh yes, so that's coming out. It, it literally should be out now. <laughs> I wanted to show you, but it's, it's literally going to be delivered to us by the end of the week. Nice. And that is called what? And what is it about? Yeah, it's just tucked. <laughs> I think it's called... My mind's gone black. Every Ling, Tanya Ling. And, and it's not chronological. It's a whole like melange of the last 20-something years, if not more so. Well, William's completely like uh, edited it and art directed it. I think things that really he um, feels that are very valid and that he's mixed together in such a way. So it'd be from sculptures to line paintings to to the, the fashion work to installations. Brilliant. So it's the whole like mixture. And your work, I know that this should have been mentioned earlier, but Tanya Ling. It's very much the pair of you, isn't it? Yes, I mean... It's, it's, it's beautiful, yeah. if you don't mind me saying Yeah, it is. Both of yeah. you are carving your way through this. You're out front and he's sort I'm of... I'm so um, glad that you've... Yeah, because that is it. It's me doing... Uh, I mean, one could say we're like, you know, like a Fellini film. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you know, what's that yeah, one yeah. called? I can't remember, but yeah, we're a bit like that. Because I, I definitely do my thing. Um... And I think William has to somehow make sense of it because he realises it is something, but then he has to make something out of it. Yeah. Well, it's the, the hardest thing I, I find, the artist just wants to create. They don't want to be pushing their artwork in a direction, trying to do this, trying to do that. If everyone had a William behind them, doing yeah. that for them, how yeah. perfect would that be? So yeah, it hats is off a team. to the pair yeah, of it you. Is, it's almost like he is the... The the bridge, yeah. Yeah. Do you rent yeah. your car at all for other artists? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have him every other Tuesday yeah. if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I think he was uh, he was um, really happy to be speaking to you. I'm sure he wants to speak to you more, but you. I'd, I'd happily yeah. sit down for yeah. a couple but of hours. I think you basically summed it up. Tell him yeah. some old yeah. stories, and absolutely finally. Um, where can anyone find what you do, be it social media or website? I do Instagram, but I'm not very reliable on it. But I, yeah. And what's your Instagram? Oh, uh, Tanya, Tanya underscore Ling. And I do have a website. Which is? Uh, Tanya at TanyaLing.com. 
And then it's, just, now that's your email address. I was like, I was, <laughs> actually, I, <laughs> I was the last person to do it. And then it's Harper Levine, Harper's Gallery in, but that's in in, in America. Tanya Ling. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah, Tanya Ling. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank uh, you very much for your time. I'm sorry to have taken up so no, much. No, not at all. I'm. I'm. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.